Welcome to a new episode of True Wisdom. Um, Andrew and I thank you for joining us. Uh, welcome, Andrew. Welcome, Robert, and welcome, guests. And we thank you for coming to with us on this journey of Bible study and self-discovery each and every week. Um, we thank you for allowing us to help teach you as we read and study for ourselves. Um, you know, beyond just regular Bible study, Andrew, why why dive into uh, trying to learn true wisdom? You know, that's a good question. I'm going to see. I saw something this earlier this week, and the way you asked that question made me look for this. Um, ah, here we go. <clears throat> um, this is at the end of Proverbs 1. Listen to this section. Um, at the end of, it says, Wisdom crieth without. This is Proverbs 1, verse 20. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the street. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the opening of the gate. Okay? And it goes on and she asks, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Okay? And then it continues. It says, I will also will laugh at your calamity. One, that's verse 26. I will mock when your fear cometh. When fear cometh is desolation. Right? And verse 29 says, For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel. They despise all of my reproof. Okay? And then it finishes in verse 33. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. So you know, we also, you've asked a number of times, what are the positives of seeking true wisdom and what are the negatives of avoiding it? And in the bottom of, of, um, of Proverbs chapter 1, it basically tells you the two extreme scenarios of what happens when you pursue true wisdom and what happens when you avoid it. Mm. Yeah, it's biblical. Okay. I guess that's the short answer. It's, it's biblical. That's the short answer. Um, Proverbs 9, 9, and 10 says, Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs 9, 9, and 10. Amen. So why don't you go ahead and start us off with prayer, and then you can dive right into the lesson. Okay, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the instruction that you've given us in your word. We thank you for the wisdom and the wisdom writings, which include Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. We ask you that as we're about to, to dig into a lesson here, that your Holy Spirit will give us wisdom and understanding so that we can lead your people aright. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, what do you have on tap for us today? Back to the beverages. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> we're going to talk about the law of faith. Did you know there was a law of faith in the Bible? The law of faith? Mm -hmm. Faith. The law of faith. Faith. F-A-I-T-H. That one, yes. The law of faith. Okay. I don't. I can't say I knew there was a law of faith. Read Romans three, twenty-eight, twenty-seven, and twenty-eight. Romans three. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Romans 3, 27 and 28. Mm-hmm. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Okay. Guess how many times that phrase, law of faith, occurs in the King James Version? That one time. That one time. (laughs) So, you're a student of the Bible. You've come to this passage. How do you determine what the law of faith is if it's mentioned just this once? Well, I had an exercise that I needed to do. And I decided I was going to look to see where else I could find it. And in narrowing my search down, law of faith, this is the only one, did some other law of things. I decided to look at law of, just those two words in that order. It's easiest if you're using e-sword, but you can do it in any in any um, Bible, if you're doing Bible Gateway. In Bible Gateway, you'd have to put law of in quotes. Mm-hmm. In e-sword, you would have to put law of without quotes, but using the, the type search for exact phrase. Mm-hmm. When you do that for the King James, how many instances do you find? All right, I'm using Bible Gateway, so I put in quotes, law of. 102 references, starting from Leviticus, many in Leviticus, in fact. All the way through, let's see, I'm still in the Old Testament. There are a ton in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And it ends in James 2, verse 2, chapter 2, verse 2. 12. Ah, yes, 12, thank you. 2, verse 12, okay. 102 um, references. E- Okay, Esau says 107 in 100 verses. We could always figure out who didn't uh, carry the of somewhere or something. Mm. But, um, but still, essentially 100. Okay? And of those 100, I'll save you some time, but if you're going through this study yourself, you'll want to look at it. Of those 100, I started to narrow it down. Um, law of God showed up a lot of times in different contexts. Law of God, law of the God, meaning the God of Israel, the God of Jacob. Law of the Lord, or law of the Lord God, and law of thy God. Those combined were 37 instances, with law law of the Lord showing up the most, 21 times. Okay. Um, law of Christ was included in that. That that shows up once, but Christ is God. We've done enough episodes on that that we can just say that and point you to other um, episodes to get into the details. And uh, so that you have 37 times there. Law of Moses is the second category, and that's 22 times. Okay. And then they had a few with in-law, as in in-law of... There were lots of in-law passages, I think 70-something, but ones where in where law of was preceded by in, there were only four of those. Hmm. Okay. Right? So it was in law. So in other cases, it would say so-and-so's mother-in-law 
or mother-in-law and they put a name, right? So there wasn't that same combination. But because we were looking at law of, I, I started to weed out these other ones. Right. Um, I, in, in, um, in Bible Gateway, you can see the snippets of the verses for Leviticus, for the Leviticus um, hits on the search. Uh, yes. If I go back to the first okay. page. Yeah. Because, and here's what I want you to do. The reason we're doing this, right? Because we're trying to help someone who has just discovered this phrase in the New Testament, try to figure out what it means and how to determine what it means when there's only one instance of it. Okay. All right. So in the phrase, mm -hmm. no, go on. So in the, in the snippets, you can see, what is the sentence or the phrase that law of is part of? This is, this is, this is the law of, this is the law of, almost all of oh, them. Oh, you can't see more than that? Oh, no, I see. Um, so the one thing about Bible Gateway, it has, it puts all the filters on the side, so it breaks it down by Old Testament, New Testament, books of the Bible, and how many okay. times it appears in the book. Okay. So would you like me to read all 12 from Leviticus? No, you just you just need a few of them. Okay. So Leviticus 6, 9 says, Command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. It okay. is the burnt offering because of the burnt offering upon the altar all night. Yes. Right. Okay, 14. Yeah, we're just trying to understand what is it the law of. Right. So Leviticus 6, 14, and this is the law of the meat offering. The sons of Aaron shall offer it before the Lord, before the altar. Okay. 6.25 says, Speak unto Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law of the sin offering. In the place where the burnt offering is offered, shall the sin offering be killed. Excuse me, the burnt offering is killed. Shall the sin offering be killed before the Lord? It is most holy. Okay. Okay, and if you're looking, if you were to look in these passages, you'd see that immediately following this declaration is a description of what, how that feast or offering should be done, how that sacrifice should be performed. So right. there's an instruction that follows. Okay. Um, check out the one from, from Leviticus 11. All right, 1146 Leviticus. says, This is the law mm -hmm. of the beasts and of the fowl and of every living creature that moveth in the waters and of every creature that creepeth upon the earth. So what is that the law of? Well, I'd have to look at the context. Mm-hmm. To make a difference, so that's verse 11, verse 46, says, This is the mm -hmm. law of the beast and of the fowl and of every living creature that moveth in the waters and of every creature that creepeth upon the earth. And verse 47 mm -hmm. is, To make a difference between the unclean and the clean and between the mm -hmm. beasts that may be eaten and the beasts that may not be there eaten. There you go. Okay. Now, there are a bunch more of these. There's Leviticus 13, several in Leviticus 14, one in Leviticus 15, Numbers 5, a couple in Numbers 6, okay? And those are, you know, afterwards you'll get a law of Moses a lot. But those, this section here in the instruction to the priest contains the law of feast of sacrifices, the law of the leper, the law of the beasts, which may be eaten, which are deemed clean, the law of the Nazarite, okay? What would you say is the pattern then, especially of these first, what is it, 10 to 12 verses, maybe more? Well, the pattern appears to be the stating what 
it's the law is and then the explanation. Okay. And even though it's a few instructions, it's called the law of X. Right. Which which okay. should mean the, it's not just in it's not just random instruction. This is really you have to pay attention. This is the law. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Right? It's not just you you, you can't get close. <laughs> right? You need to be exact. Right? Mm-hmm. You can't you can't come to the law of beast and say, Well, you know, what was it again? Cloven hoof, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there was something about toes. Like, no. <laughs> you gotta be kind of specific. You, you need to pay attention to what those instructions were, what combinations were deemed okay, and which combinations you were to refrain from. Mm-hmm. Similarly, the sacrifice, the, you know, we did a previous episode on sacrifices. You have to pay attention to what was done to each of the sacrifices because sometimes the same animal was involved in different sacrifices, mm-hmm. but what you do in a peace offering and what you do in a sin offering and what you do in a trespass offering are different, and you can't be messing that up, okay? So it's a law, and it needs precision, as you pointed out. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me ask you this question. So now we have we have what is a pattern here. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Okay, I just count fifteen. There are fifteen instances from Leviticus through Numbers that give you a set of instructions, and then. Um, give you a set of instructions and then define those instructions as law of something. Okay. We know what the ceremonial law is. We know what the law of Moses is. We know what God's law is. We don't really have to define those. Those are defined for us somewhat more clearly. Mm -hmm. And technically all of these 15 are subsets of the law of Moses. Okay. Yep. Okay, sacrificial system. Okay. So let's go to the context of Romans 3 and see if we get some assistance there. Um, we read Roman in Romans 3, we read uh, verses 27 and 28. Let's go a little further back to say verse 20. Okay. Romans 3, verse 21. But now Mm -hmm. the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all, and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 25, whom God hath set forth to be propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just, and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Keep going. Okay. No, no, no. That's where we needed to be. So what would you say of this passage you read 
what would you say relative to the law of faith? Okay, so this appears to be an explanation of of what hmm, let me say this properly. This is sort of a breakdown of how we are saved, how we become justified. Um, mm-hmm. Because there's always the contention of there's a law, you obey it, that's what saves you. And he's saying, no, mm-hmm. the law of faith dictates that is faith itself that saves you. Faith in Christ. Faith in Christ, Christ, correct. Right, right. You have right. to be exact. Faith in Christ that saves yeah, you. Yeah, because. Because people can have faith in their obedience, and that won't save them. And what he's basically saying, well, at the end, we didn't read it, so I won't go into that part. But he's saying, we get it backwards. It's not the law that saves us. It's the faith we have that allows us to keep the law. Right. And so this is called, that whole explanation, that whole definition is called the law of faith. Okay, mm-hmm. and it wasn't called that anywhere else, but he terms it the law of faith, which makes sense. He's contrasting it with the law of works, and and the law of works there would be the ordinances of the ceremonial law. Right. Okay? So he contrasts those works, those activities that were done under the ceremonial system, and says those were done. They were a type. They were a shadow, but they did not actually save. It was you by faith realizing that a real job had to get done later, that this was just a placeholder, it was through faith that that placeholder was even effective to you. Yeah, so the the ceremony, it's believing that the ceremony, not that the ceremony itself had power, but what the ceremony represented will save you. Mm -hmm. So it's still, even with all that work, it's still the belief in the work. So you, you can go through the motions, but if you don't have belief that it'll save you, it's not going to save you. The well, motion you, itself. You don't have belief that the later work will save you. Right, right. right. The, part, of the, part of the problem is them having belief that the current work is saving them. Right, yeah. And it's like, no, the, the work itself doesn't. Now, fine. So we have a similar pattern. We have a definition and then a title, law of faith. But I'm going to give you a, a better one. If I, if I were to ask you, what is the most consolidated place in the Bible where we can find out about love, where would you send me? Uh, 1 Corinthians 13? Yes. That is not the only place. And it's no. not even the first place. But it absolutely is a consolidated description of love, true love, that is manifest in God and in his people when they are surrendered to him. Okay. What if I asked you the same question about faith? Oh, that would be... <laughs> I don't remember exactly where it's found, but it's, it's... I believe it's Romans when it goes through by faith, Abraham, when he was... It, where it breaks down each of the patriarchs and it mentions how their faith was manifest. You've got the content right. Oh, so it's Hebrews then. Together. It's Hebrews, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. See, uh, mm-hmm. there's something about those two books where I always confuse them. Those are two of the most sublime and profound books by the Apostle Paul. You are forgiven for confusing. <laughs> Why, thank you. They they are powerful books. So let's look. Let's look. Hebrews 11, 1 through 6. 
Hebrews 11, 1 through 6. Remember, a law. So we need instruction. We had instruction over there. Maybe a little subtle to see, but we're looking for instruction. Hebrews 11, 1 through 6. Don't, you don't have to go further than that. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by That's it, the definition. But correct. For by it, the elders mm-hmm. obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen are not made of things which do appear. Awesome. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Pause a second. thought just occurred to me. It's funny how in the faith discussion, we still end up with a sacrificial discussion. But what's interesting is that Abel offered his sacrifice by faith. Cain offered his sacrifice of his own works. Mm. And even though they were both standing over an altar, ostensibly to accomplish the same task, one was accepted, one was not. Mm -hmm. And the accepting of it... Um, showed that he had righteousness. Amen. So verse 5, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because that God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony, that he pleased God. Mm-hmm. And verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I mean, it's it's almost circular in its um, in its belief, but you can't come to God unless you believe in Him, and if you believe in Him and you come to Him, mm-hmm. there you already have your faith. I mean, it, faith is showing. Your belief, it's the actions that show your belief. You can't have faith and do nothing. Right. Faith must be manifest. Right. Right. Everybody can say they believe. I believe in parachutes. I don't plan to use them. Um, <laughs> I believe parachutes work. I see other people use them all the time. Right? I've, mm-hmm. I've seen them. I've seen, ba- I've seen base jumps when I was in Fort Benning, Georgia. Mm-hmm. I saw people jump out of planes all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I only believe in them academically. Mm-hmm. I know they right. have worked Personally. in the past, yes. Mm-hmm. And I expect that they will work for other people in the future. I don't expect a bunch of people to be falling out of the sky tomorrow. But I will not be one of those people validating that. Right. Personally. So in essence, okay. your faith in parachutes is not that strong. It's not a saving faith. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, my faith in parachutes is not a saving faith. Verse 6. Hebrews 11.6 has two components. Hebrews 11.1 1 had a definition. After that, we got some examples. Hebrews 6 gave another definition. Explanation. But it gave instruction. The second half of Hebrews 6 says, He that comes to God must believe that he exists and must believe that he's a rewarder of them that seek him. That's instruction. That's not just a definition. This is saying, if you're going to accept God, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, if you're going to take this spiritual path, 
your first premise must be God actually exists. Even the people, and, and I want to be clear about this, because there may be people who do not yet have a spiritual walk. And they're coming and they're saying, Lord, if you're real, do X. That's fine. And the reason it's fine is because at the moment that they say it, they're giving, they are opening their the, the possibility that God does exist and they're waiting to see the thing they've asked for. Okay, mm-hmm. so at that moment, for that window, they're saying, you know what, if I'm going to have this conversation, I'm going to take it that you do exist and I need you to do whatever the thing that they feel that they need to do, that they feel convicted on asking for. Okay, so that's perfectly fine, especially when someone does not yet have a relationship. Mm-hmm. But you have to start from that perspective. You must believe that God exists. Otherwise, what's the point? Why would you be talking to someone that you know doesn't exist? Right. And you must believe that he will answer prayers, that he will provide um, a response, that he will reward those who are diligently seeking him. Which leads me to so many of the people who came to Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you contrast that to what did the devil say to him through the temptations? If thou be the son of God, do right. require thee. Right. Right. So that's more right. of a... He operates from doubt. Yeah. Prove yourself. Mm-hmm. Whereas the people who came to mm-hmm. him is, Lord, heal my son. Lord, heal my servant. Lord, you have the ability. Heal. Okay, I'll come. No, 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 no. You don't even have to come. Just say the words mm-hmm. and it'll be done. That's that's faith. That's why Jesus turned around and but said, even, a, a, so great a faith I have not seen in all of Israel. Exactly. But even the father who was waffling, and when Jesus said, if you would believe, you will see, you know, miracles. See the power of God. He said, Lord... I believe. Help, help thou my unbelief. He's appealing to God to do something for him, but he's acknowledging him first as Lord. Yeah, and and he's also admitting, yeah, I might be struggling, but you can help me. Once again, that's faith. Right. Exactly. Faith. That's the law of faith. Yeah. The law of faith states succinctly. You have to believe that God is who he says he is and that he will reward you for diligently seeking him. And you have that belief. Now you need to put it in action. Mm-hmm. So it's a two-part mm-hmm. um, law of faith. Oh, That's a good devotion. Right. So, so the purpose, the law of faith, it gives instruction on the role, the purpose, and the application of faith in the Christian experience. I have to admit, I wasn't quite sure where you were going with this, but um, this uh, this makes sense. How to how to really look through a phrase and understand what it means. Mm-hmm. And and you see that in order to use this phrase, which only shows up in the New Testament we had to use the patterns that had been previously established in the Old Testament. All right. Can't separate the Bible. Holistic, it is a total package. Cannot split up the Bible arbitrarily. That is one of the problems we make for ourselves 
um, especially when we're trying to get the Bible to say what we want it to say rather than allowing it to, mm -hmm. to let the Lord speak to us. Yep. All right. Is that your final word on the topic? Um, the final word is this. The Bible, we have to remember that the Bible was written to other people about specific things at a specific time in history, but it was intended to convey a message to us and to everyone between then and now. So don't get caught into narrowing the Bible. Oh, that message is for Bob. It's like, okay, but if you rule out the messages that are for Bob and Mark and John, you're going to lose much of the Bible, right? There are very few things in the Bible that are openly, here, this is for everyone. Most of the things are directed to specific people. Even when you started reading, tell Aaron and his sons, blah, 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 right? Even in the Old Testament times, you think the children of Israel are going to say, that's not for us. The Lord said to tell Aaron. <laughs> right. Right? It's not logical. So we have to use the Bible as a complete collection, and we have to look when we're searching for understanding in the new, we can look elsewhere in the new and in the old, and vice versa. Excellent. Excellent. All right, I will close with prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to really study about faith, the law of faith, and come to a greater understanding of what it means, especially as Christians um, whose foundation is based on faith. We believe who you say you are, we seek after you, and then we go and tell others to show that we really believe. Uh, we thank you that this lesson was here. We thank you it's been brought to our attention, and we pray we'll apply it to our lives. Amen. Amen. All right. If you have any questions on this topic or any of the previous, uh, we're over a hundred different podcasts on the Bible. Um, you can go and look for them at Buzzsprout. Oh, excuse me, TrueWisdom.buzzsprout.com. You can reach out to us, uh, TrueWisdom at SpaceAge-LLC.com, and you can reach us on Twitter. True wisdom underscore pod, or you put a hashtag in there, uh, true wisdom, and uh, we will get to you as soon as possible to answer your questions or maybe look up a topic that you mentioned. Andrew also has further Bible study on his podcast called Rightly Divide the Word of Truth, and it can be found at biblestudy.asbzone.com on all the same podcast platform. All right. Thank you for listening, and we pray that you will be blessed.